I'm John. And I'm Lubna. And this is an obit. Welcome everyone to the podcast. We are so glad you're with us. If you are new to the show, we're glad you're tuning in. And if you're here again, thank you and welcome back. So this is a podcast for everyone inside and outside of our business that talks about what's happening around the world and in various industries. And that keeps us all connected and in each other's orbit. Hi, John. How are you? I'm well, Livna. How are you? I'm very, I'm very well, thank you. And I'm very, very happy to connect back with you again. Oh, likewise. Pleasure is all mine. <laughs> so uh, this super, super cool interview that you have done with uh, Travis Fitzgerald is something that makes me and I'm sure all of us super, I mean, extra proud of being part of KBR. So tell us a little bit about how it was interviewing, um, you know, this amazing person who trains astronauts for NASA and the other missions. It was um, inspiring. It was tremendously fascinating. Uh, obviously, there's a lot going on in the world that's really weird and not great. Uh, fortunately, there are some pretty amazingly positive things happening. Uh, the James Webb Space Telescope. I don't know if you've been keeping track. I, I belong to a Facebook group that I follow um, oh. every day. That, and they, they've shown, you know, some of the first images have been on the news that the James Webb Space Telescope has sent back mm-hmm. um, as it's being calibrated for action. Listeners to the show will hear more on that in the very near future, and we're very excited to share that with them. Also exciting is that coming up on April 8th uh, is SpaceX and private spaceflight company Axiom Space. They will be making history with the launch of AX-1, which is the first all-private mission to the International Space Station. Wow. And that mission is going to be making history, Lubna, thanks to the astronaut training planned and executed by experts right here at KBR. So as a note, um, in the interview, you'll hear that Travis Fitzgerald uh, and I mentioned that the launch was supposed to have been on April 3rd. It's been moved a few times now, but it's it's now been moved to April the 8th. I was thrilled to be able to sit down with Travis Fitzgerald, the chief training officer at KBR, to learn about how he got into the astronaut training business, how KBR trainers are preparing astronauts for spaceflight, and why it's a big deal that KBR is the first company to train private astronauts at NASA facilities. Shall we give it a listen? What is up, everybody? This is John Arnold. I'm excited to be with you doing a space-related episode. It's been a while since we've done one of those, and you are in for a treat because joining me today is Travis Fitzgerald. Travis is the chief training officer at KBR responsible for planning and executing trainings for NASA flight controllers, instructors, and astronauts, primarily for operations on the International Space Station. And I guess now we can add private mission training to that resume as well. Welcome to the podcast, Travis. Thank you. Happy to be here. Yeah, happy to have you. So, um, you know, you think about astronauts growing up. I wanted to be an astronaut when I was growing up. How does one end up training astronauts, Travis? Oh, okay. So long story, I guess I can start with uh, how I got here. Um, yeah. In general, we, we hire engineering science degrees, so uh, some sort of bachelor's in at least in those. Uh, and then once you get hired on, you start studying spacecraft systems. Um, so most of the time, most of us start on the International Space Station. Uh, then you progress to getting certified in lessons and sometimes... Uh, in, in rare cases, you can become a, a CTO, chief training officer, like I am. 
uh, and you end up leading uh, the training for that. But just the, uh, the, the, we have a whole bunch of people that do the individual training. It's training, you know, how you operate the communication system, how you um, operate the spacesuits, and all those types of people are all uh, KBR employees for the most part. Um, that uh, go through and learn the systems and then figure out how to teach people about it. Awesome. Well, tell us a little bit about KBR's relationship with NASA and how that relationship has kind of helped shape human spaceflight. Yeah, so uh, KBR's in a, in a unique situation or position. Uh, we've got a couple of contracts uh, with NASA um, related to uh, operations of the, the space station and uh, for Artemis. Um, so the, the contract that I'm normally under, IMOC 2 is what it's called, it's where we have our instructors, planners, analysts, and flight controllers that do most of the work associated with actually planning, training, and flying the International Space Station. So if you ever watch NASA TV and see Mission Control on that one, most of the people in that room are either KBR or their subcontractor employees. NASA itself only has a few people per group that actually do that. Uh, most of the grunt work is done by by us at KBR. And, right. Uh, it, it's a lot of fun uh, to do it, but uh, it basically means that we're we're right there with NASA whenever they're doing these new things, and we are work side by side with them. Uh, we like to 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 claim that we're a badgeless society over here in flight operations, that uh, we are completely interchangeable with our civil servant counterparts. Uh, and are able to do all kinds of really cool stuff from flight leads uh, like I am for the, the AX-1 mission to um, being the ones actually on console for the, these really cool operations that we're doing. Excellent. So we've talked a little bit about how you know KBR is stepping in to fill a gap perhaps uh, that, that NASA needs. So in 2020, NASA picked KBR to be the first company to use NASA facilities to train astronauts. Why is that a big deal? So yeah, it's it's a really big deal because the we are uh, we are really the only people in the world who know how to train to NASA standards um, for NASA vehicles for International Space Station. Um, we have the expertise is the main reason that NASA picked us, um, and uh, so we've got the same instructors and the same lessons that we teach the government astronauts. Uh, and so those same lessons, it really, the kind of whole goal of this is NASA's trying to figure out how to provide some more commercialization of low Earth orbit is with that, the startup costs are really small for that. I mean, you've already got all the people, you've already got, we know what we're supposed to teach. We just need to now apply that to a different group of people, now private astronauts. Right. So let's talk about these private astronauts. Uh, what goes into the training of an astronaut and what is it preparing them for? So yeah, for the private astronauts, uh, their training primarily consists of learning about the spacecraft systems. So, you know, how the communication system works, um, how the power system works, the, the things they're going to actually have to touch when they get up to the, to the space station, um, from switches to buttons to, you know, handheld mics and things like that. Um, how that works, and then also teaching them our ops products. So everyone's familiar with NASA. We love our acronyms. And right. so knowing what we're saying when Mission Control calls up and says, hey, I need you to go to the ATU and press the number two on it, they know <laughs> where to go and where to look so they can actually do that. So it's 
it's integrating them with how we operate so that when they get up there, they're able to do the things that they plan to do while they're up there efficiently and able to communicate with the ground to get everything done uh, in a timely manner and uh, and have a good time doing it because a lot of the the guys that, that we've been training are, are really looking forward to this and are uh, uh, planning to have a lot of fun up there in addition to doing a lot of really good research. So, that yeah, that leads into my next question. So the first all-private mission to the ISS is getting ready to launch on April 3rd. Has anything special gone into prepping the AX-1 team, and will your training inform or shape the research that they're going to be doing? So, like I said, a lot of the stuff we're focusing on is kind of system stuff, but they gotcha. need that in order to do this research. Um, so, they're going to be using a lot of NASA facilities on board. We've got you know glove boxes for them to go in and, and do some of their science uh, in there. Um, they're actually using. Uh, one piece of exercise equipment they're going to be getting on to to you know see how the the human body reacts um, to exercise uh, while on board the space station things like that um, so we're really setting setting the stage so that they can worry less about how to just live on the space station and, and focus more on how to actually do their research that's kind of where um, the focus of the the training that we've provided right uh, that's awesome uh, what are some elements of training that maybe won't necessarily be a factor on this mission, but that astronauts on other missions might experience in the future? Yeah, that's a really good question. Um, the The big difference in the future, we're hoping it'll get to this point, is right now this mission is a eight to nine day mission. So relatively short when it comes to space flights, at least right. um, once you get into orbit, relatively sh- short. Um, you, you know, the, the government astronauts are usually spending upwards of six months or sometimes a lot longer uh, on board. Um, but these guys are spending a short time, and therefore NASA has determined and KBR has determined that they don't need a lot of training on how to exercise and the, the physiological changes that can happen for long-term space flight. So these guys, these guys for AX-1 didn't get a whole lot of that training, uh, but... Uh, when we start expanding it and having longer missions, they're going to need a little bit more of that, a little bit more how to deal with the, you know, how your body changes as you stay up a little bit longer uh, on on board. Although these guys are taking it upon themselves to do a little bit of their own little uh, light exercise to, to try and maintain a little bit of that muscle mass. <laughs> right. Well, I was going to ask, so uh, in the training primarily on systems, how does that jibe with training that does go into, you know, on other missions, the health and human performance aspect of a mission? Yeah, so the, we, do, we do have a, a few lessons, a few things we teach the private astronauts that we've done for AX-1 um, on how to, a little bit of the psychology of being on board, a little bit of the, um, how you deal with it, um, dealing with teams because you know everyone goes goes up as a team and then you join another team. So the right. X one crew is a is a team of four. Then they're going to join uh, two more crews that are already on board right now. Um, so they have to figure out how to how that's going to operate, how you work together, how you, you know, resolve differences, and all those sorts of things that you you can kind of imagine uh, putting a, a bunch of high performing people in the same place in a small area together for even just a few days that can that can be a problem but uh we're providing them training on the the human health human health performance side of things 
to, to help them out with that and uh, figure out, you know, give them the tools to be able to uh, resolve their own conflicts and then ways to use our systems to, to contact people if they need more help. That's outstanding. And uh, how has this training differed for you and your teams in any way that it, that it would have for a NASA team, for example? So yeah, the, that is a good question. Um, one of the things NASA did leading up to this, and they've spent, uh, I think, two to three years figuring this out, is they've put together what training they need to see a private astronaut go through and what milestones they have to meet in order to be qualified, in order for NASA to qualify them to be able to go to the International Space Station. Uh, and so we worked with them to figure out what is the right level of training. Uh, and then we, uh, in the past year, have executed that training. And we're basically going through it and figuring out you know, what they need, make sure they've met the bar. And then we report back to NASA saying, here's what they've done, here's what... Uh, um, here's where they excel, those sorts of things, so that all sides are comfortable with them uh, going and uh, being on board this you know, multi-billion dollar asset that uh, the U.S. Uh, citizens have paid for. <laughs> right. So once a mission goes into orbit, what is your involvement? What's your, the training team's involvement with the process once that's happened? So for the most part, our team is done. At this point, we've finished all the gotcha. ground training. Um, however, a lot of our training team is all, are also flight controllers. Uh, so we'll I also see. be spending time on console. For example, I'm also a Capcom. And so I'll be sitting in mission control for some of their shifts and talking to them. Uh, and relaying information from the, the mission Excellent. control team on, on how that's going. And then we've got other discipline uh, leads who are going to be sitting console with them and helping them out uh, from the systems perspectives. And how are you feeling personally about how this whole process has evolved and this being the first all-private mission, you know, working with the KBR teams? Yeah, yeah. It's, it's gone really well. Um, one of the things that, that I found interesting is that as we were getting started, um, there was a lot of um, a lot of concerns about: Are we really doing this? Is this really happening? Are we are we ready to do this? Uh, but once we got started, everyone started getting a little bit more comfortable, a little bit more. Okay, well, we put together a plan. Let's execute the plan, and let's see how things turn out. And as people were meeting the crew and seeing how motivated they are and how uh, happy they are to be able to give, be given the chance to not only be able to go to the space station, but be the first ones to go on this private mission. So they're highly motivated. The, the people are really excited. Uh, and we were able to you know, work really closely and openly with NASA to say, here's what we are providing to our customers on both NASA and the private astronauts. And here's what it is. It's now up to you, NASA, to decide if that is good enough and whether they are ready to go. And they eventually have said, yes, they're ready to go and they're ready to launch. That's fantastic. So at time of listening, when our listeners hear this, it's going to be after the launch has happened. What's happening in the days leading up to the launch? Is there a checklist that the astronauts and the teams are going through every single day just to make sure that everything is going according to plan? Yeah, so just like uh, the government astronauts, so right now they're in quarantine, and this is uh, you know end of March. Um, they're in quarantine, so they're basically being you know sequestered so that they don't 
uh, one, catch any bugs themselves, any viruses or anything like right. that. And then also so they don't take anything up to the International Space Station. That's just a NASA standard we have for all crews that go up there. Um, and they are, while they're in this quarantine, they're studying. Uh, we've provided them a bunch of materials. They're looking through and reminding themselves of the training they've had. Uh, they're reviewing all the research they're planning on doing. Uh, because just like a, a government astronaut, their timeline, the, once they get on board, they've got a lot of things to do and not a lot of time <laughs> to do it in. So right. they want to be efficient, and they're uh, studying on it. And they've got some uh, some folks helping them out um, on the Axiom side. The, they've got some really experienced folks that, that they're working with to get them ready. And then as they get closer and closer to launch, they'll start... Um, in fact, I think last week they actually had a, a walkthrough of their spacecraft where they tried on their suits and they got in it and they're checking things out. Uh, and then as they get closer, they'll watch it roll out to the pad. Um, they'll go do a couple of dry runs and make sure they're comfortable getting ready, getting suited up, getting in, getting out, uh, that sort of thing. And then day of launch, they uh, take the cars out to the, the pad, get in, strap in for uh, the best ride in the universe. <laughs> Awesome. We'll put we'll put the vibe out now that it's all it's going to go according to plan. Everything's going to be great. Um, and so I want to thank you for your time. I want to know, is there anything else you'd like to add or any parting thoughts ahead of the launch? Well, my only thoughts is, uh, is how much of an honor it's been to lead the training team on this mission. Um, we got a lot of really talented people on the training team uh, and here at KBR and our subcontractors that have worked on this and we've worked really hard on it and I'm really proud of how everyone's done. Um, and we know the crew's gonna do great uh, and we're hoping this helps pave the way for uh, more missions and more companies to come to KBR and ask for training uh, to help really show how commercialization of low Earth orbit can uh, really be successful. Absolutely. Well, uh, Travis, we appreciate it immensely uh, and uh, we'll talk to you hopefully again after the launch. All right, sounds great. Wow, wow, John, that was a fantastic podcast. And if we are to say what's in a name, there is a lot. Why? Because Travis Fitzgerald uh, shares his second name with my favorite author, Scott Fitzgerald. Oh. And, and as we hear from the episode, while Scott Fitzgerald was creating amazing characters of fiction, I think Travis Fitzgerald is creating real life heroes. He's creating astronauts. And that was a fantastic, fantastic uh, interview. And I was truly, truly inspired and fascinated. Well. First of all, I did not know you were an F. Scott Fitzgerald fan, so that's very, very cool. Love The Great Gatsby. Um, yes. And yeah, not to be diminished, Travis Fitzgerald, no slouch. Just really, really um, amiable guy, very pleasant to talk yeah. to, but also obviously very, very super intelligent and carries a lot of responsibility on his shoulders. You know, thinking about, you know, um, Aside from the health and human performance side of astronaut training and the things that these people need to be able to do and withstand from a physical standpoint, knowing all of the technical aspects of what goes into spaceflight, just that it absolutely boggles the mind and all the things that they need to know how to do. And, and, and really, Travis and his team have these people's lives in their hands. So it's very, very, um, it's very fascinating. It is, it is. And he makes it sound really casual, but we know we we get the drift of it so <laughs> absolutely Hope, hopefully our listeners uh at home did as well absolutely john and if you would like to know more about such missions you must you know follow our podcast 
also keep um, you know track of everything that we put out on our website on our social media we have a whole bunch of webinars coming up from the technology solutions business unit you can register for them at our website absolutely yeah that's kbr.com and if you want to get a hold of us we're at inorbit at kbr.com we're always on the lookout for interesting stories or uh, feedback or if you just want to check in and say hi please feel free to do so but in the meantime uh, we hope everyone takes care stays safe and we'll talk to you again soon bye